welcome to another episode of the Dakota Resource Council podcast for Friday, December 6, 2019. And it's just really weird to have December happen immediately after Thanksgiving. It just has thrown me off this year. I don't know why. But if you do know me, it doesn't take much to throw me off. But at this point, I am tired of turkey and ham and more turkey and ham. I feel like we've made everything out of turkey and ham. By the way, I have a great turkey and ham pie to uh, give out if, if anyone wants the recipe. But uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and then, uh, you know, we received a lot of rain and snow here over the weekend, which uh, it's always fun to come home to a driveway that you can't drive in. So you have to jump out and snow blow and make a path for the car. So, you know, that was fun. But I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, we've got a lot more problems uh, coming ahead, and uh, today we do have Sarah Vogel. I apologize last week. I did uh, forget it was Thanksgiving and scheduling didn't work out, but we got uh, Sarah this week and had a, a good conversation, and uh, you'll be hearing that here soon. I do want to pass along some news, uh, some sad news if you uh, didn't see it or hear it. Uh, longtime DRC member, former board member Tom Abe uh, passed away Wednesday night in his home, uh, 74 years old. He's meant a lot to this organization. He has meant a lot to uh, the members, regarded as a highly intelligent man, great ideas, a motivator, and a father figure for some. So um, we send our condolences to his family and friends. And, and all this week, we're uh, mourning his loss in the North Dakota community. He had a big impact on a lot of lives, and um, we're going to miss Tom. Just kind of one of those funny things for few people here in the office uh, was scheduled to meet up with him and talk with him. And, uh, you know, it's just a very sad deal. But uh, at least we had the uh, opportunity to get to know him, spend time with him, and we're very lucky in that way. So uh, once again, our thoughts and prayers goes out to uh, anyone closely associated with Tom. He was a good man, and he's definitely going to be a big loss for the uh, work network. But uh, moving on to our interview here uh, this week, of course, uh, the weather and markets are, have not been a, a friend to the uh, farmers here in North Dakota. And so we thought we'd talk to uh, Sarah Vogel, who was the uh, the insurance commissioner in North Dakota from 1988 to 1997. And uh, before that, I do believe she said that uh, she moved back to North Dakota in the early 80s and uh, was working on this stuff. So it's a good interview. I mean, she's seen everything and we'll talk about those times in the 80s and, and how some of that could help us out here as uh, the markets and, and weather's affect everything. So uh, we might as well get to it right now. And as promised, just a week late because, you know, that's my fault. It's Sean. You're all used to me, but we do have Sarah Vogel on the phone with us today. Uh, Sarah, of course, was the uh, North Dakota Ag Commissioner from 1988 to 1997 and did a lot of great things for our North Dakota farmers. Sarah, it's good to have you on the phone today. How are you doing? Good, good. It's a gray, cloudy, Day. It's I, nice out. <laughs> and that's and, and that's my fault. Whenever people talk to me, the weather's bad, so I'll take full credit for the cloudy day. But at least the temperatures are above freezing, so I'll I'll take that. Yes, I'll take that any very day. Very nice, Sarah. We wanted to get you on the phone line because uh, we've got a little bit of a, a crisis on our hands, and we wanted to get you on the today because uh, you you went through. I don't know if I want to say similar crisis, but it was a crisis in the eighties, and uh, you helped out a lot of folks back then. And and I guess we just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what what you went through with uh, farmers back in the 1980s and, and what they're going through today and uh, what can we do? So 
I'll, I'll just kind of let you talk. If you want to talk a little bit about your past and as North Dakota Egg Commissioner and uh, everything that you went through in the uh, late 80s when you first took over. Well, actually, it started in the early 80s for me. I started representing farmers. I recently moved back to North Dakota in like 1980-81, and I started to get farmers calling me. And when I worked on the East Coast, I'd done a lot of work in the consumer protection area, and these farmers calling me represented, you know, similar issues as consumers uh, in the sense that they were being hit by conditions totally beyond their control, and lenders were not following the law. Mm-hmm. So the way it showed up first was with an agency called the Farmers Home Administration. Nowadays, that's the lending branch of the Farm Services Agency. Okay. Um, but it was then called the Lender of Last Resort. Now they call it the Lender of First Opportunity, which is a better take yes. on it. Yes, but it is. They, they tended to deal with beginning farmers, farmers who had lower equity, and so on, and that's where the trouble showed up first. And back then, the Reagan administration was in trying to cut the budget, and one of the ways they were trying to cut the budget was very, very, very harsh collection quotas that they were imposing upon state offices. And that's when just all heck broke loose in 81, 82, and Suddenly, there were thousands of farmers across the nation who were fighting for closures. And long story short, I'm actually working on a book about it. I started to develop a class action first for North Dakota farmers and then nationally. And it ended up, we had 240,000 farmers in the class and stopped thousands of foreclosures. But that wasn't the solution. And then... The crisis expanded to basically all lenders and a lot, lots, lots and lots of farmers. And I became an assistant attorney general for three years where I pretty much worked full time on farm crisis issues where the state of North Dakota pulled its resources together to try to help farmers. Then I became ag commissioner in 88. So I'd been working on farm crisis issues for years and years before I became Ag Commissioner. And the reason why I ran for Ag Commissioner was that I felt that that was the job within North Dakota that could do the most to help farmers. And and that's uh, exactly what you did, too. And and for some of the folks out there uh, listening, if, if you uh, get the uh, union farmer, there's a nice story about Sarah Vogel and uh, speaking about the 80s farm crisis. And uh, you, you recently spoke about this issue at a law symposium. Am I, am I right? Yes. For the same reason I'm talking with you is that I think people need to be aware of what is happening and get ready. You don't want to have hundreds and hundreds of farmers facing foreclosure and shutting down and all the dislocation of families. And then it isn't just farmers. It's all the agriculture suppliers that are the people that support Main Street and big and small towns across North Dakota. It's the lenders. We're still very, very heavily dependent upon a healthy agriculture in North Dakota. And to, to just sit by and watch farmers go down when it is not their fault. Just This cannot happen in North Dakota. We can't let that happen. So I'm really trying to encourage the people 
they can do something about it, the agriculture commissioner, the attorney general, the governor, to sit down and look at what happened in the 80s and look at what good things could be done now to prevent the pain and suffering that will inevitably occur if people don't step up to protect farmers. Well, and that's um, the thing. Uh, we, we have a DRC member, Donnie Nelson, who, who said that, I mean, this is the backbone of North Dakota farmers. They were here in the beginning and, uh, you know, yeah. oil came and then it kind of left, but the farmers were still here. They kept the rural communities going. And, and, and this is yeah. the backbone of our state. And, and we always want it to be the backbone. I mean, I, I want North Dakota known for our, you know, homegrown farmers and ranchers and, and keeping the economy going. And I want them to do well. And, and what... I mean, what, what could we take from the 80s and, and what, what you did back then, and how can we help North Dakota farmers today? Well, there, there are quite a few things that can yeah. done. Well, I mean, um, I guess and, I, and I know it's a very DRC, wide question. I apologize, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess just, I mean, there yeah. is so much, and, and there's so much to do, and you know, I think there needs to be some outreach, but just in, in your mind to get the ball rolling is... is Dakota Resource Council was... Uh, integrally involved in farm crisis work back in the 80s. And I think it's always kept a farm task force, farm crisis task force, we used to call it. So just doing this talk today is, you know, a definitely a big step. But one of the things that we was developed in the 1980s under my predecessor, Kent Jones, is he started an ag credit counseling service. And that was huge. He modeled it after Minnesota. He hired people. He trained them. So when I became ag commissioner, I had a base under which I could expand it. And Roger Johnson was one of those early agriculture credit counselors. And as the years went by, that program became bigger, a, pro, uh, a little, a little un, almost unknown uh, state agency that still exists is the uh, Credit Review Board, and the Credit Review Board meets periodically and contacts lenders and, and basically gathers information. How is it going? What are the lenders seeing? They're the early alert. Mm-hmm. So the Ag Credit Counseling Program now is but a pale shadow of what it used to be and what it needs to be. It's within the Agriculture Department, I think, the, the folks that run it have good hearts, but almost no resources. Yeah. And the people that can give them the resources are, you know, the commissioner of agriculture can go to the emergency commission and say, I need a bunch of money because I have to hire some people. I have to train those people because our farmers are going to need help. They do need help right now. We're late. That's one thing that could happen. The credit review board could convene the lenders to get good data right now. And I think they are doing that, but is getting the word out and having some action based upon the information that they gather. The Bank of North Dakota could convene lenders and develop strategies on how to ameliorate this current crisis. The legislature could call a special session to develop solutions. From the mid-80s, we had 7,400 farmers. One-third of the state's farmers went through the credit mediation program, and the federal government supported most of that. But now it is insanely tiny funding from the feds. I mean, they're, they're throwing out hundreds of millions of dollars 
in these trade payments, most of which are going to the big farmers, as I understand it. But right now, they have 41 participating states that still have credit mediation programs that started in the 80s, but they're just shells. Nationwide now, there's only $3.2 million for all 41 states. That's so insufficient. Who moves in when the regular government, you know, normal society does not help? It's the extremists who use suffering as a recruitment technique. So I really worry about posse comitatus type organizations. Um, People may not remember the posse comitatus, but they were a uh, right-wing extremist group. They had some strange ideas, but they were out recruiting farmers to join. And nowadays, groups like that are pretty widespread. The the FBI is finally starting to pay some attention to it. But what they do is they peddle false hope. They say stuff like, if you use this foreclosure kit, or the, the whole process is unconstitutional, and, you know, they're join our group and we'll protect you from foreclosure. But in fact, what they always do is make things much, much, much worse than they used to be. And back then we had the attorneys general of, I think, about 10, 11 states. We worked together and shared resources and sued and and brought litigation and wrote national legislation and testified. So what is the attorney general doing about this crisis? It's a legal crisis as well as a financial crisis. That needs to happen. So there's a lot that was done in the 80s that can make what's going on now less harsh. There's programs whereby farmers can apply for deferral from farm service agency lenders, from from the farm service agency, uh, but they may need help. And, you know, there's a lot of attention now to mediation, but in addition to mediation, Many farmers need somebody sitting at their kitchen table helping them to develop a farm plan based upon the options that are out there that they've never had to use before, mm-hmm. like a deferral and what are the rules, what are the what are the deadlines. Farm credit administration lenders like the PCAs, the land, land banks, which go by different names now as well, yeah. <laughs> but they, they have uh, processes whereby farmers can apply for different kinds of relief, but if you don't do it by the deadline, you're sunk. So these are all important things. The lawyers need to be tuned up. They need to have seminars. So when a farmer calls a lawyer for help, the lawyer is prepared and doesn't have to do expensive research for each and every farmer that comes through the door. So there's there's so much that needs to be done. And I just don't see a lot of leadership from the current legislature elected officials to to get ready. So but, that was a run that was a big long run on sentence. Yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> it, it's it's good information and and we need to get this out there cuz I I know we've had some calls in the office and people specifically asking for you and I think they're just looking for some type of answers and everyone's worried and I mean, we've we've got a big thing ahead of us, and uh, we we need to start, like you said, start preparing and and yeah. be ready for for anything right now. Let me put out a couple resources that are potentially might be helpful. Yes. Um, first of all, there was a, a marvelous woman named Mert Armstrong, uh, who who basically invented the term 
farm stress. And she used to go around and give hugs. Um, she had hug buttons, but it was way, 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 way deeper than that. She started talking about the mental health issues of farmers who are under such extreme stress and set up programs and information and networks to help them. And there's attempts now to organize a similar group of religious and mental health leaders to help farmers on farm stress. If farmers go to the National Farmers Union website or the North Dakota Farmers Union website, they'll see links to farm stress hotlines. I had many farmers in my office during the 80s who couldn't even speak. They were so distraught and they need to know that there's help out there. There were, you know, the Catholic bishop, uh, the, the Lutheran bishops, the churches uh, were all working together for to support people with the stress is unbelievable because when farmers lose their farm or are threatened with the loss of their farm, they're losing their occupation, they're losing their home, they're losing their retirement, they're losing their family heritage, they're losing their schools, their churches, where their kids go to school, and they might even have a bunch of relatives saying, how did John lose our farm, even though they don't do any of the work on it. So it's like amazingly stressful for farmers, and they need to keep themselves afloat while they try to keep their farms afloat. And keeping the farmer afloat is perhaps the most important step to begin with. So there are farm stress hotlines. You can find them in at Farm Aid, which was formed in the 80s and is still going strong. As, as I mentioned, the National Farmers Union has a link to the Farm Stress Hotline. There's one of the entities that was grown in the 80s is still around, and that's Farm Aid. Farm Aid lawyers could come in and give a training to North Dakota lawyers on pretty short order. And there's many, they publish many books and articles that can help. And actually, FLAG, Farmers Legal Action Group, is run by a native North Dakotan, Scott Carlson, oh, yeah. son of Robert and Susan Carlson. So he's the head of uh, FLAG, which is in Minnesota. Minnesota, by the way, is light years ahead of North Dakota in terms of getting ready. Light years. It's a shame. I mean, I, I, I really, really think that calls should be made to the Department of Agriculture to ask them to step up their game. And right now, Doug Gehring is the, is the chairman of the National Association of Commissioners of Agriculture. And he's in a position where he could really do a lot if he stepped up. Perhaps he has. I just haven't heard that he has. But he needs to, and as, as does Wayne Stengem. Wayne Stengem, by the way, was doing foreclosures. In the in the 80s, uh, on behalf of the Bank of North Dakota, yeah. early 80s. But there there's a roadmap that was made in the 80s on things to do, and it needs to be followed, and it needs to be built on, and it needs to be made better, and it needs to be done now. Thank you so much for all of this, Sarah. Because I know we we wanted to get you on the podcast. Because uh, believe it or not, we've had some f- some phone calls, and and your name has has been brought up, and I I think. Uh, just having a resource like you, giving resources and, and just 
kind of comparing past to present, I think it, it helps out a lot. And, and we need to keep these farmers uh, going. Uh, family farms are yes. the backbone of this state. And uh, we really need to get something done now. Good deal. All and right. thank you for doing the podcast. Well, and thank you. And getting the word out. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you dealing with me when I promise people next week. And then get, I mean, having Thanksgiving that late, that just threw me off. I was already into Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I just... That's that's why I don't cook the turkey on Thanksgiving Day. So so yes, thank yeah. you for everything, and we appreciate it, and uh, hopefully catch up with you down the road. Good deal. Good right. deal. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Dakota Resource Council podcast. And just a note, we, we've got a couple of different ideas for next week's podcast, one egg-related and one oil-related. And I guess if they both say yes at the same time, maybe we could have an extra long podcast. But that would be a bad idea. People are already complaining that they have to end their week by listening to me so so we'll just probably pick one and stick to 20 minutes one last thing before i go uh just a reminder a dakota resource council membership makes a great gift so if you have that friend or neighbor and you just thinking they might be sick of your meat and cheese tray or brand muffins or whatever it is that you make get them a drc membership something different and it helps you out it's tax deductible and since it is the end of the year we also take donations which are tax deductible so keep that in the back of your mind i don't mean to sound like a salesman but uh, what can i do to get you into this organization come on we're strong durable we've done some great things for the state so uh, your friends neighbors family members uh, get them in here will it be even stronger and bundle up next week it's supposed to be a little colder I gotta go and find the uh, box with my grand forks clothes I swear i was just the whitest skinned ever when i went to school at und seemed like you were cold forever. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay warm, everyone.